Hello and welcome to the Mayfield Road Podcast, a ministry of Mayfield Road Baptist Church. Our goal with this podcast is to serve the mission of our church. Our mission is to reach spiritual explorers, build Christ followers, and empower difference makers. This podcast is a tool and resource for you. Listen intently as we learn from the Word of God each week. If you want to connect with our church, check out our website, www.mayfieldroad.org. Enjoy. You know, one of the things that uh, you find throughout the Bible uh, is an image repeated often of God as our shepherd and we as his sheep. And uh, for those of us who've never been around sheep, sometimes we can think of that as like a very warm, uh, idealistic view of our relationship with him. But that's not always the case. Watch this. Here's the shepherd pulling his sheep out of a ditch because that's what sheep do. But he's free. And now he's not. And if you want to get a good look at how this works in the life of a follower of Jesus, it's like this, slow motion, (laughs) right back in the ditch. And that, church family, is why we need wisdom. Uh, We're talking about how wisdom works in this series, and uh, we keep coming back to this idea from the world of whitewater kayaking. if you're out on, on a river, you know, the guiding principle is you want to work with the current and don't fight it. And the thing is, God has created our world with a certain pattern of flow to it. There's a design for how God's world works. And if we're going to live wise lives, if we're going to follow God's way, then we want to work with his current. We want to go with the current and work with the pattern and design for creation. We don't want to resist it and fight against it. Because that's going to get us into trouble. That's not how you know, life is meant to go. Wisdom is following God's direction for life. And so we want to discern how do we do that together. Now, if you go kayaking, especially if you find yourself going into some really nice class two, three, four rapids, um, you want to be careful. You want to pay attention to safety. And there's a lot of things that you need to be mindful of. First of all, there's, there's some good gear and some procedures that you're going to need to review so you can be safe as you're going through the rapids. But then there's one thing else that my instructor drilled into us. Never, never paddle alone. You want to have a buddy with you at all times, somebody to watch out for you, to watch your back, to make sure you're being safe. And that's not just great wisdom for kayaking. That's really great wisdom for life. We need people. We need friends. We need people around us to watch out for us and to help us on our way as we make it through life. Um, The Bible highlights the fact that God created us for relationships. We need people in our lives. We need to have a community around us. And the people, the friends in your life, Your buddies 
can be a big source of wisdom in your life. Not always, right? Okay, y'all got to be more honest than that. You know, buddies are not always a source of wisdom in your life, but they can be. And uh, they're designed to be. In fact, Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. And some of us have friends that would fit into one category and then other friends that would fit into the other, and we've experienced both. C.S. Lewis kind of had a, a better way, or a, um, not a better, he had a, a paraphrase that he built off of this proverb, um, but he said, the next best thing to being wise is surrounding yourself with wise people. Because, you know, even if we're lacking in wisdom, if you have wise friends, they will help you become wise. They will help you live in a wise way. And so we want to be a wise friend. We want to have wise friends. We need to understand that our relationships can help us grow in wisdom. And wise friends can be a gift. They can be a source of blessing and joy in our lives. But in the same way, friends can sometimes be a source of pain and hurt. Anybody else been hurt by friends in your life? Yeah, me too. So we want to know how to be wise friends. We want to know how to identify wise friends in our lives. And Scripture gives us a, some guidance in that. And so today we're going to look at five things wise friends do. And so if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to Proverbs 27. Um, boys and girls, if you're in your one big story Bible, that's going to be on page 642. Now, uh, just to be clear, Proverbs says a lot about friendships and relationships. And um, today I'm using friendship as kind of the broad category to, to involve, you know, all the different relationships in our lives that can help us grow in wisdom. Of course, there's some overlap um, when you're talking about brothers or family or, you know, spouses and all that. But just thinking about broadly friendship. And Proverbs says so much about friendship, we're not going to be able to cover it all. We're going to hit the highlights today. And we'll look at several different passages, but we're going to keep coming back to Proverbs 27 a few times so you can, you can keep your place there. Uh, so... With that being said, let's go ahead and dive on in. Uh, five things wise friends do. Number one, wise friends call out the best in you. They have a way of making you better. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, if you've ever been out working on your lawnmower and you've gotten a you know, file and you've gone to trying to sharpen your blade, you know how this works. Just that very ordinary, tedious process of rubbing against one another, you know, with a file rubbing against the blade, over time, the blade gets sharper. And in the same way, our friends, when you have wise friends, just the, the routine, ordinary, over time of you rubbing shoulders with one another, that sharpens you, that makes you wiser. When you have wise friends, just ordinary time being together, talking, you know, working together, going fishing, just hanging out. When you have wise friends, that very ordinary time has this way of making you better because wisdom just kind of gets in there and it 
rubs off some of the rough edges on us. And we've all experienced that at different times in different ways. Having friends that, you know, you just get around them. And, you know, you, you come back after an afternoon hanging out together. And you may not even realize some of the wisdom that you've gleaned in that conversation. But a week later, two weeks later, you know, problem comes up and you're able to take some of the wisdom you learn from your friend and apply it to your life. Because friends can be an example for us. Sometimes it's just how they've, how they've gone through a challenge that we haven't yet faced. Or sometimes they're just an example in the way that they, they listen and, and are a sounding board to us. Or they help us process out our thoughts about a given challenge or given situation. Wise friends are able to see things in us and call things out of us that we don't always recognize. We can't always see in ourselves. Wise friends have this way of calling us to be the best version of ourselves. And if you've been so blessed to have a wise friend, you can look back and say, man, they saw something in me. They saw a way that God had created me that I didn't recognize. They saw a way that I could be a better parent or a better employee or a better friend, a, you know, a, a better servant, a better whatever. They saw something in me that I didn't see, and they helped call it out of me. And I'm better because of those conversations, those times sitting around a, you know, the open hood of a truck or sitting in a boat together or sitting around a car table. Those ordinary conversations that we didn't script. I mean, God used that to make me better because that wise friend called something good. They called the best out of me. If you've had wise friends do that, you, you know it is a gift. Second thing wise friends do, wise friends stick with you in tough times. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You know, we need friends in every season of life. There's never a time when we don't need friends calling the best out of us, blessing us, being there to encourage us. But friendship takes on a whole new level when you're going through a time of deep pain or a time of loss or a time of of just being like overwhelmed and not feeling like there's a way out. When you have a wise friend in that season and they stick with you, and that's a gift. It really is a, an expression of God's grace in your life when you have a friend who's there who sticks with you in times like that. Wise friends know that uh, that's when you need them a little more. You need to lean on them. You need their presence or their encouragement or counsel. Wise friends know that when things are going tough for you, that's not a time for them to pull back because it's an uncomfortable thing. Wise friends are able to kind of say, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know there's pain. This isn't, you know, we're not going to come and laugh together. This isn't going to be one of those, you know, fun nights. But I'm just going to go and sit with my friend and share the load. Because wise friends stick together. They, they walk with us in these times. And when you've been the beneficiary of those wise friends, you, you know just their presence is, is an act of grace. One of the best stories I ever heard about this, there's a, a, a senior lady in my previous church who, when she was younger, had, 
had lost a daughter. Daughter passed away in a car wreck. Just a, a sudden tragic thing, and their lives were changed. And that night, two of their friends came over and said, we are staying the night here. We're going to sit up in your chairs in your living room. If you need anything, if you can't sleep, if you just need to know somebody is here, that's what we're here for. We're not going to get in your way, but we just want you to know we are here. And they stayed there that whole night. And 30 some odd years later, that act of friendship was something she still talked about. And you could still see that there was a kinship there because of that, that level of friendship, that level of sticking with them. It made a difference. It was a friendship that was forged through adversity. And when you go through you know, those big moments, those adversity moments where things just seem to be falling in, caving in, having a wise friend who sticks with you like that, that's what you need. That's a gift. Wise friends stick with you in the tough times. Number three, wise friends say the hard things in love. You know, it's one thing to have friends that are always, you know, always celebrating the easy stuff, always celebrating the good days. Uh, wise friends know there's a time, though, where you need to speak truth and you need to do it in a loving way, and it's going to be hard. And really, neither one of you are going to enjoy the conversation. But it's the way to call out the best. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So one thing we all know about, about friends, the closer you get with somebody, the better you get to know them, the better you can see their flaws and their failures, right? Your best friend, man, you can tell them the worst things about themselves, and they can tell you the worst thing about yourself. And they also see your blind spots. They see things about you that you don't even recognize, things that, you know, you don't see. They're able to see that and identify that. And sometimes they have to, they have to wrestle with the question. If you're that friend, if you see a blind spot in your friend, sometimes you have to wrestle with the question. Do I let that slide? My friends, in this destructive pattern, they don't see it, but it keeps you know, repeating itself. Do I need to speak up? This isn't going to be fun. They're not going to like that. Wise friends are willing to go there. Wise friends are willing to have those hard conversations in a loving, graceful way, in a way that's gracious, and when they do, they call out the best in us. Now, most of the time, we would prefer to keep things comfortable and easy. We'd prefer to just, you know, let's not rock the boat. Let's not poke the bear. Let's just make sure everybody's happy. Let's just keep the conversation, talking about the stats and the number one Razorbacks and, you know, all the other things that I thought y'all should know that. Um, they, they like to keep things light because it's more comfortable that way. But wise friends know 
as painful as it is, those hard conversations where you go down and say, we need to talk about this. Those hard conversations are actually the way that God works in us to make us more like Jesus, to shape us more like Christ. Those are needed conversations. Now, there's a lot of wisdom that is required in how to go about having those conversations and understanding, first of all, that making real clear you're coming in love. Like, a good litmus test for me is if I'm excited to have this hard conversation, there's a good chance I'm not coming in love. I'm looking forward to, like, smacking somebody. That's my litmus test. If I'm like, ooh, this needs to happen. Maybe I'm not in a loving place, and maybe I'm not the one to have that conversation. When, when it's a conversation that I know needs to happen, and there's, like I'm anticipating the pain, it's because I love that person, and I don't want to harm them, but I know it's for, it's for their best. When I was a youth minister in college, um, one day, my pastor, who I'd worked with, came to me, and we were talking. And uh, in the course of the conversation, he told me a blind spot that I hadn't seen in my life. He said that I had a pride problem. Uh, his exact words were, you are ate up with pride, son. <laughs> and um, he said I had a choice. I could admit it. I could learn from it, turn from it, move forward, and I, I would be okay. Or I could keep going the way that I was going, and it was going to cost me in some really important ways. And uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like him telling me that. Uh, my first thought was, hey, who does this guy think he is? And uh, that first thought told me pretty clearly that he was right. And um, so I started doing some soul searching and saying, is, is what he's telling me right? You know, not, not, every, not every bit of counsel like that that you get is accurate. Sometimes people you know, do have hard conversations that are misguided. This one was right on. And... Um, I realized he was right, and I didn't like it, but it was the right thing, and I'm so grateful that he had that conversation, that he was willing to go there, that he was willing to risk even our work and camaraderie to call out something that really needed to be called out in me. And so if you have wise friends who love you enough to have those hard conversations and do it in love, that is a gift to thank God for to listen, to receive what they have to say, to ask God if it's true, and then to thank Him for sending, him, sending you a friend like that. Number four, wise friends, consider your needs. Uh, this is a wonderful proverb uh, for you non-mourning people to remember. Proverbs 27, 14 says, If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Some of you might want to um, post that for your spouse to see on their mirror or something. Um, yeah, this, this is a good one. Uh, there is 
an application kind of beyond, it's not just talking about the morning thing, it, it really highlights this idea that sometimes our motives can be in the right place. We can be well-intentioned, but because we're not thinking about how the other person receives whatever it is we're doing, our intentions can really not be helpful. You know, sometimes you can go and say, oh, man, my, my neighbor, his, he's got a dirty car. I need to go wash his car. But you don't do it the right way, and sometimes that can really not be a good thing. Um, most of us probably all have had friends who thought they were being super kind to us, um, but they drove us bonkers because they never stopped to think about how, you know, what, how we wanted things done or, you know, why, why we have a particular way, or they never stop to consider our, our views or our thoughts or our values may be different from, thir- from theirs in some way. And, uh, you know, they, they go to, you know, hey, we're going to clean your, your desk or do your dishes, and, you know, they end up, you know, messing up your organization or, or stripping your cast iron skillet or, you know, something like that. We all have those friends that, hey, I'm going to be helpful. I'm going to jump in and, and help you in the way that you need. And you're like, oh, would you please just not? Would you please just, like, go chill? Because not always good intentions don't always actually serve as a blessing. Wise friends understand that you need to be considerate of your friend and considerate of the ways that their friendship, that you, know, you, that you carry out your friendship to them. Um, wise friends know that you need to take time to consider how, how your actions will affect the other person. Uh, I read a story not long ago about this young guy who'd grown up in poverty, grown up just in a really hard, hard place, real um, difficult area. And he, he talked about how there's a ministry in town from kind of the, the wealthy side of town that every year would make this real big show of, of coming in and bringing all sorts of food and clothes and, you know, all sorts of, of gifts to their family in making a big deal about it and taking pictures and, and just kind of making a big parade about their niceness. And the way it was done, he said, it was real clear that they felt very good about themselves, but the way it was done left him feeling less good about himself. Like he was just a project. They never stopped to ask about, you know, how, how are you doing? How are your family? What, what can we do to help? They would come in and say, here's our truckload of stuff. We're going to help you. Aren't we really great folks? And they would go. And he acknowledged that, you know, they're, these folks are probably very well-intentioned, but they never stopped to ask, what's the best way that we could help our neighbor? What's the best way for us to be a wise friend to this family? And so it, it's not enough for us to be wise friends. It's not enough for us just to have good intentions. We need to listen 
to how we can express those intentions to our friends and think through how we can, how we can love them in the way that's considerate of their needs and their experiences. All right, last one. Wise friends forgive wrongs. See, no matter how good a friend you are, no matter how hard we try, if you're friends long enough, there's going to be some wrongs that are done in the relationship. You're going to offend them. You're going to hurt them. You're going to betray a trust. You're going you're to cause some damage to the friendship at some point along the way. They will hurt you. You will hurt them. That is just part of it. Sometimes it's going to be purely accidental. I'm like trying to be a good friend, and man, I didn't even think or realize how I could hurt you when I act in this way. Sometimes it's going to be just because we choose our own selfish desires and we don't think about our friends. Sometimes we're going to hurt each other. And the question is always going to be, what are we going to do with the hurt? How are we going to move forward? Proverbs 17.9 says, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. You see, when our friends wrong us, we have a choice to make how we're going to deal with that. We can choose to forgive that wrong, to release that, to, you know, to work it out, and ultimately come to a point of resolution where we forgive and say, okay, I'm, I'm letting go of that. Or we can choose to keep holding on to it, to keep holding it over their heads. Now we've all, we've all been there. We know it's not fun. We know sometimes it takes a while to get over, especially when it's a really deep hurt. But if you're going to be a wise friend, love chooses to cover over those offense. Now, I want to be clear that we've talked about forgiveness before, and we know sometimes forgiveness can be misunderstood and, and uh, you know, mishandled. And when it says cover over the offense, let's be real clear. This is not talking about covering up an offense. This is certainly not covering up abuse. Stuff needs to be dealt with. And even in our friendships, there's times where, okay, you hurt me. Let's not cover it up and pretend it didn't happen. Let's bring it into the light as friends so that we can work together to get to a point of forgiveness. But when it's, cover, when it's forgiven, then we need to cover it like an eraser wiping off a whiteboard. Let's choose to no longer hold it over one another so that we can move forward as friends. When you deal with it appropriately, what happens is that actually strengthens the relationship because you have lived out love toward one another. You've chosen to forgive and you've chosen to move forward. And sometimes there's still scars from that. But that act of love together draws you close and you understand that's what wise friends do because that's what God has done for us. And so that's the kind of friend we want to be, wise friends that are able to work through that, to forgive and to move forward. 
But can I just say that we're, we're you know, we've been in a, a time that's lasted for a while that's been really taxing on a lot of folks, on all of us in some ways. And kind of the natural tendency for, for people when we get stressed is we tend to go inward. We tend to kind of focus on me, my needs, my feelings. And, and it makes it very difficult or very unlikely that we go to a forgiving place. We tend to resist the idea of forgiveness when we're in a season of stress. We need, tend to let things go, you know, undealt with. We let things continue to fester. We don't need to do that. Wise people, followers of Jesus, we need to deal with the hard work so that we can get to forgiveness, so that we can move forward and not be pulled apart. It says here when, you know, when, when we don't forgive, when we, when we just talk about a hurt, it, it divides friendships. It ends relationships. Probably all of us in the last year have had friends that have come down on different sides of the issues than we do. If we're going to be wise, if we're going to follow the way of Jesus, then we may have some work to do in the area of forgiveness so that we can move forward together. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And so this morning, as, as we close, can I just ask, are there, are there some wrongs that you've been holding on to? Are there some friends in your life who have said things uh, or done things that that you're unwilling to forgive, that you're still clinging to. They said this, they did that. Are there some things that you've said or you've done that maybe you need to ask forgiveness for? You know, the thing about being friends is we all, we all have those moments. We all deal with this. We all hurt, hurt one another. We all need forgiveness. And just as God offers forgiveness to us, that's how we learn to forgive others. And so church family, as, as, we, as we strive to be wise, wise friends, a wise church family together, wise in all of our relationships, Let me just encourage you. Let, let's work through some of these together. Let's examine what areas do we need to grow in? Which of these do we need to learn from so that we can be the people that God's calling us so we can be wise friends that call out the best in those who are in our lives? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for Again, for giving us your word, for giving us wisdom to know how to be the men and women and boys and girls you're calling us to be. God, the friends that you place in our lives so often are a source of rich blessing for us. 
but we want to be wise friends. We want to be the kind of friends that, that sharpen one another, that call out the best in each other. And so help us to be that. Help us to recognize the wise friends in our lives and to cultivate those relationships. Father, where we need to be corrected, make us open to their correction. Where we need to forgive, make us willing to forgive. God, where we need to be sensitive to one another, show us how to do that. God, in all the different components of being friends, show us how to be wise friends that point people to you. We thank you for your love, for your forgiveness. We pray these things in Jesus' name.